Welcome to a very special crossover podcast. We've got the measure of an episode joining the hosts of Continuum Drag to do a little speech. Speech? That's not right. Mm, something like that. A little talk about time travel. So before we get started, why don't we introduce everyone here since we'll have different audiences listening from different podcasts. Uh, Paul, Jonathan, introduce yourself and your podcast. Hello, everybody. Uh, for half of you, uh, as you know, this is... Jonathan, what did you call it? The measure of the, a cult, the, the okay. continuum measure of a drag episode. Right. <laughs> so you know who you already know who we are, but for the people who don't know who we are, my, my name is Paul. I'm Jonathan. Our continuing mission is to explore what makes a Star Trek episode a genuine, a proper Star Trek episode versus what is just regular television. A series pilot that never got picked up. <laughs> right. Exactly. What about you guys? Who the hell are you guys? Well, uh, for your audience, so they know, we are Luke and Jordan, and we do a podcast where we kind of watch uh, old, forgotten, or little-seen science fiction TV from, I don't know, whenever. We've watched them from the 60s, we've watched them from the 70s, we've watched them from the 80s, we've watched them from the 2017. So we've watched them all over the place, and we end up watching mostly questionable material, but occasionally we hit a, we hit a real winner. <laughs> questionable in its quality not questionable in like geez there's a lot of nazis in this real erotic mostly (laughs) yeah (laughs) well i always suggest the erotic ones but we very rarely record them well youtube is the barrier to entry there right especially for the obscure stuff i'm I'm assuming most of your most of the obscure stuff you find just randomly or do you are you are you pirates or how does how do you guys (laughs) find the stuff that you watch i like to think of it like we run down a scale of how we access it we've purchased dvds when they're available We'll go to a gray market on YouTube because often uh, a surprising amount of material is available on YouTube. Yes, but if yeah. something is so lost and uh, forgotten by time, uh, certainly we'll take some trips onto uh, the torrents out there. There is right. one DVD that I bought from Spain that still has a not ar- still not arrived. I think it's a year and a half we've been waiting for it. So I have a feeling <laughs> that Spanish lady has stolen my money. She'll definitely be getting one star. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was disappointed because I think it was actually a VHS, and this would have been our first VHS find. Ah, uh, that would have been great. So you guys, how did you come up with the idea for this podcast? Well, we were trying to think of you know some underground niche that a lot of people haven't explored before. And so you know we figured we would, kind of like you, just pick that little um, lesser-known uh, sci-fi show called Star Trek. Uh, and it took, <laughs> you know... It took a lot of conversations and a lot of knowing the right people, but we managed to find a couple episodes. Um, <laughs> you ordered them from Spain on VHS? A lot of our conversations were already super granular, not necessarily all about Star Trek, but Jonathan and I would normally just in conversation nerd out about stuff and say, well, what are the implications of what you're saying? And, and a lot of times we're like, you know, maybe we should record what we're talking about. like, Because obviously we're very egotistical people and we thought other people will probably want to hear this too. <laughs> and, <laughs> Which is why there's over 500,000 podcasts on Apple Podcasts, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah. And I mean, we, Paul and I have known each other for about 30 years. And, and we, you know, we've been talking about this. And it took about 15 years to, to get it going, you know. But uh, it took both of us getting married, me having two kids, and finally thinking like, yeah, we've got enough time to do this now. <laughs> Those kids don't take up any time, eh? Right, yeah. They just kind of sit over there. They're watching TV. It's fine. You've known each other for 30 years. The listener can't see this, but they, they looked like 25 years old, so I can't believe it. <laughs> no, it's, it's one of those time traveler things. Yeah. Nicely played. Um, Thanks. That's a great segue 
Jonathan, your master. So we're going to talk a little bit about time travel as a trope in sort of science fiction and particularly, obviously, science fiction television, since that's where we all cross over podcast wise. Jordan, why don't you start us off? I think I think that what's interesting, I don't hate time travel as as uh, as, you know, a trope in shows. I think the problem that a lot of TV shows fall into is that uh, we've seen so many iterations of the same thing that. As a viewer, we've all become so savvy uh, just by the pure amount of TV that I'm sure we've all seen, which is probably a sad amount of TV, um, that you see where it's going right away. And I think the better episodes or the better shows that stand out, even just in our memory, are ones that were either the first time we'd seen something or it seems new. And I think that's always the the fine point to hit. And, uh, you know, as you start going through stuff, trying to figure out what are those special episodes and i think in our particular our podcast we're not seeing too many of those original ideas it's like oh right here's the one where this is going to happen again you know yeah i mean a lot of the the tropes the time travel tropes that we see are a, a lot of the times like back to the future especially the time travelers that we watch the one that we're talking about today that it's they use time travel as a mechanism to get people either into the past or into the future and then there's no more time travel until the end of the movie. And a lot of it is just, oh, we want to put these people sort of in a fish-out-of-water scenario in the past or in the future. And that's kind of why I, I feel like maybe a lot of these types of movies – like, for example, I don't really – I would not categorize time travelers as a science fiction movie or show, whatever, however you'd like. I mean, I guess you guys had said it was a pilot, a failed pilot, so therefore it's a movie. But regardless <laughs> – same thing with Back to the Future. Like, I don't consider Back to the Future to be a science fiction movie. I kind of consider it to be more of a, uh, I guess, I guess a satire or or a comedy. I mean, it depends on how you want to look at it. But that happens a lot. And so, but to use Back to the Future as a good example, Back to the Future Two, I would definitely call a a science fiction t- a great example of time travel. And and as 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 uh, Avengers Endgame greatly illustrated how ingrained that method that that idea of how time travel works where you can travel forward and then your future self can can revisit your own self who was time traveling in the past etc that there and there could be two of yours of the same people in 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 a timeline like that kind of thing has i think permeated all of 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 science fiction from that moment and that that's sort of the gold standard of what time travel is and and maybe that's why it kind of feels old and and I guess um, stale. And so when we come into something like uh, like if Christopher Nolan, I don't know if you guys have seen Tenet, not yet. But yeah, so I don't want to ruin anything. But that is a that is a novel version of of time travel hmm. and something we haven't seen before. Uh, so uh, you know that that's kind of what I, I would agree with Jordan in in terms of what is. What's new? What's nice? What's nice and novel? But in Tenet, there's a scene where a character goes back and introduces rock and roll, right? <laughs> that is correct. Yeah, it's a very yeah. racist scene. Yes, <laughs> someone's got to take savior. credit for it. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, <laughs> we'll cut that out. Um, <laughs> we won't. <laughs> um, so. To take it in a different direction, the, the trope that really bothers me is when something that happens in the past changes something presently in the future. 
Uh, not not in the Back to the Future style where Twin Twin Pines Mall became Lone Pine Mall, but more in the style of like Looper or Frequency, where they are watching the timeline change directly in front of them. Uh, that's that's something that always kind of pulls me out of whatever I'm watching because the that person who is watching it, sh- unless they are directly involved with the the change in the timeline, they they should not be experiencing those changes in front of them. They should have been living with that from the beginning. So, um, so you don't like the old, the Bill and Ted, they're like, hey, I wish we had that pair of keys. Like, wouldn't no. we have left key- keys for <laughs> ourselves? Right, but no, I, I do like that. That was actually one of the examples I was going to say was because uh, because it's already been sitting there. They just decided that that's where they would look and the keys are already there. They don't look and see the keys appearing. Ah, oh, I see. I, I went through a big phase where I loved time travel as a uh, science fiction thing. Um, and I think it kind of culminated kind of around the time Time Crimes and Primer came out. Oh, yeah. And sort of after sort of after Primer, I couldn't really find something to give me the hit of like just really <laughs> complicated time. Tra- like no one could push it any further than that particular method. So right. after that, I so- it's sort of fallen off of it. And to your podcast point, I've been watching, uh, rewatching all of DS9, and I've been surprised how much time travel is in it. But it's all, as you said, it becomes an easy and forgettable trope after a while. It's it's tough to push it to new places. I think is the biggest problem with time travel. It is mostly just useful to tell a story, but to like really do something novel with time travel anymore. I think it's I think it's incredibly difficult. <laughs> Absolutely. I yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Going outside of TV, though, have you read uh, or are you familiar with Bias Bootstraps? I'm not. No. Um, it, so it's either Ethan Hawke or his lookalike. Um, they just recently <laughs> – they they recently did a movie where it, – so it's it's a guy who doesn't – like he, he's a, he thinks he's an orphan, um, but he's raised by this – the well, no, he, sorry. He thinks, he thinks he's fatherless and he, he's raised by a woman – and as he gets older, he winds up having... I've seen this movie. Yeah, okay, okay. What's the movie called? I cannot remember. Okay. Because <laughs> I blocked out because was, I was like, this movie is so dumb. <laughs> so the, the, the short story or the novel, um, the novella, is, is actually really... I mean, it doesn't translate as well to film. I could es- see that, yeah. Essentially, this guy has a closed time loop. He is involved with everything in his life. He is both his father and his mother. He is like his his employer and he's the bartender who's taking care of him, uh, you know, who's who's hearing the story of his life. It's a very it must have required a lot of planning and figuring out how to make everything work in time travel. But it it definitely, you know, just to to speak to your point, Jordan, like it it's it's definitely a novel approach, um, literally and figuratively. <laughs> Uh, on making time travel in a very, very unique way that there are no, there's not really any loopholes, uh, at least that I, I found. A lot of time travel plots, there's always a teller scene where they have, they have to, they have to do a lot of business with logistics. They have to explain away all of the plot holes with some sort of line that doesn't make sense. So, you know, a, a lot of like it actually happened in the Voyager episode we're going to talk about where they said, you know, the best way to think about time travel is to not think about it at all. It's like, well, that's very creative of you, writers. Like, like, great, great job. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what it is. You kind of have two, you have not two choices, but only a few choices when it comes to time travel. You're either caught in a hard loop where you can't break it, or you can easily go back in time and, like, change everything. It doesn't really matter. Right. It just breaks down really quickly. Like, you you can handle it on the superficial layer. But, for example, when somebody changes something in the past and, 
so therefore, if somebody changes something in the past, your future self should technically remember that, right? So let's go back. To, I hate to use back to the future, but shouldn't when, when let's take the letter that Marty writes to Doc that says you're going to get shot in the face. So when, when he writes that letter and tells him there's this letter that has to do with your future, wouldn't the future Doc remember that? Wouldn't he remember everything that's happening? And therefore be able to relay it to future Marty before any of the shit goes down, right? Like I, I, that's the one thing that nobody ever handles. That, I, I don't that. think he would though because in that in that timeline he hadn't received the letter yet. So Paul's Paul's going under the notion that it, that it is a closed yeah that it's locked it's a closed timeline uh, but it's not it's because locked, I see Twin Pines becomes Lone Pine Mall like so there are already changes that are happening which are branching into a new timeline. Hold on, let me get some aspirin before we even start into this. <laughs> <laughs> know, well, we'll, we'll get into maybe a little bit more about some of the stuff we've covered and some of the shows we've watched with time travel. I, I just want to say uh, recently during quarantine, there I, I read an article. Someone had written up a uh, scientific theory, I guess, where they were spelling out how time travel could potentially work in reality. Is like I think it's like this hot new scientific take on the concept. Uh, and it was great because it basically says you can time travel as much as you want and like fuck around. But history is just going to write itself so that, like, no matter what you do, you're just going to come back to the same place in history. Like, it's it's a it's an unchangeable th- like you could go find the first covid patient, prevent them from getting covid. But then someone else nearby will just get it and time will just write itself. And I was just like, right. this is great. This solves all these problems with time travel. It's just you can't <laughs> do anything. You can like you can kill Hitler, but it's not going to change anything. Well, that is that's its trope in itself. Right. I think it's called the Hitler time travel exemption act, which is. No, like no matter what you do, let's say you go back in time and kill Hitler, World War II is still going to happen. Like yeah. certain large events, no matter what you do, uh, there is some sort of propulsion in time that will make certain events have to happen. So it's like, hey, I killed him. Great. And it's like you get back and like, oh, wait a minute. There was a different guy with a mustache. You get back and your parents are still getting a divorce and it's yeah. terrible. <laughs> that's that's the only reason I go back to kill Hitler. I'm like, mom and dad are staying together. If I have to kill Hitler to get them back together, <laughs> I'll do it. I don't want to, but I'll do it. So have you guys seen the movie The Butterfly Effect? Oh, yes. Uh, Ashton Kutcher special. Exactly. So everybody <laughs> shits on that movie. I actually happen to like that movie because I like, uh, I guess, acting aside. I like what they handle in that. I think they handle a really important part, which is sort of the chaos theory element of it, um, where you're trying to control something. You're trying to control something that is uncontrollable. And so he would change one thing, but that would have this butterfly effect, which is the title of the movie. <laughs> that would have this, uh, this butter, the butterfly effect where uh, it would change something else. Actually, I don't know why. Why does that movie get so much flack? I thought that the, that was a novel approach to something we really hadn't seen that much before. I'm afraid, Drew, you just got to go out there and sing its praises and try to like raise its IMDb rating. Because I, I saw it ages ago and... It just left no impact on me, I think. And you know what? It could be Ashton Kutcher's fault. It might just be a residual. People residually don't want to watch a movie with them. Well, it's and possible. It also just has a dishwater ending. You know, like it just kind of like and everything mediocrely works out in the end, which is a definitely step up from the original ending where he went back in time to his birth and strangled himself to die because he realized that he was the negative impact on everyone's life and so he just took himself out of the equation that's a way better ending that's what i want to see i want everyone to leave the theater just super bummed out 
<laughs> that is a real emo ending. He, I, just, he just swings slowly. His legs just like go off camera. And then that you're like, wow, that was an interesting <laughs> choice. I guess we all did want him to die. <laughs> Actually, is a much better ending, though. Than, than <laughs> I, 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 it really truly is. There are a few scenes in it where it just, you know, he, like he's he's in jail and he tells the guy, you know, look, I can travel back in time and I'll show you. And then he travels back in time, stabs his hands on two pencils and comes back to the jail. Like, how how is it that that didn't change anything else in his time in, in this timeline other than he now has two scars on his hands? Um, or, you know, like why why when he had the opportunity to go back, did he not try to do something that would t- put him in a completely different timeline where he doesn't wind up in jail? Let's segue a little bit into kind of so we we each watched kind of a Star Trek and then a show we've covered on this, but then we can talk about some of the other shows we've covered. But let's segue into a couple of those because that's a great point of was like why not do that? Because I see these in these shows. Like we had you guys watch a show called Time Travelers, this TV movie about I think it's from the seventies. Uh, there's a pandemic breaking out in New Orleans. They got to go back in time to uh, the what is it the Chicago Fire to find the only antidote that ever existed and burnt up. And that's that's the premise of the pilot. And like a big part of that premise is they take the magical time stairs to go back in time. Everyone loves time <laughs> stairs. I have to say, look, it's not a great movie, but have you ever seen time stairs before? The answer is no. No, you have not. No, no never. That is novel. Well, that, I guess that checks out then. It's 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 a good time travel episode then. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but that's when yeah, it's a unique way of getting there. Yeah, but when they get there, they discover they haven't gone far enough back in time. It's only like six hours till Chicago burns down. And the entire time I'm just like, okay, just go back up your time stairs and come back. You don't have to well, stay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they, well, they did, they did not handle how they get to and fro uh, their own timeline, whether there was some sort of ticking clock. And I, I'm, I'm assuming that they cut that movie for, or that show or whatever, the pilot for time or something. At least I hope they did because there were so many holes in that, in that respect. And they, they – I don't understand. So this is a trope, right? Where they they travel back so close to an event that they're trying to change that it becomes un, un, they they can't. There's not enough time to do whatever they have to do. Like, why aren't they traveling back two months in advance, just in case? Like, things are going to go wrong. We're going into a timeline. Like, why why aren't they? I mean, obviously, it's because the script says so. I understand that's where the ticking clock comes from. I think it's 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 a risk you run when you do a time travel show because you often need some sort of pressure to happen. But then if you have time travel, like you automatically are just like, well, just, you know, just try again. It's totally cool. Right. Even if they miss it the first time, just go back to the stairs and then come back even like six hours before and be like, okay, let's not do anything we did before. Like which, the, the Chicago fire is still going to happen no matter what. Which actually is interesting. We watched from sort of your side of the podcast is we watched an episode of uh, Voyager. Uh, Timeless, I believe it was called. Yes, that's right. And it has a similar premise that I actually thought they dealt with better is in its climax, they're trying to send a message back in time and the initial message fails. And to solve that, they just keep sending messages back in time till it works because like right. there's no reason you can't just keep doing that. And I was just – I actually was just watching. I'm just like, oh, see, that that at least makes sense to me. I'm just like, oh, it didn't work. I don't know. Just try it again, I guess. <laughs> that's that's like your classic uh, your classic villain problem where they're like, our plan to take over the world is to do this and it doesn't work. And they're like – all right, let's try something else. I'm like, no, guys, that's not the right attitude. You try blowing it up again. (laughs) But then there's the problem. There's the back to the future problem, right? Where, okay, so they, in Timeless, in the Voyager episode, they send a message, doesn't work. So they want to send another message. But so does that mean that Seven of Nine, the recipient of this message, 
is getting two messages. So why does the other one get wiped out? If uh, I'm assuming that they're in a locked, closed-loop timeline. So that I, I was thinking, now granted, this is Voyager. They're not thinking, they're not super on top of it a lot of the times when the, for this kind of thing. They're kind of like, well, let's just barrel through and see what happens. But but that's the thing is that so when Marty goes back in time and back to the future too, he encounters his previous self who was also time traveling at that point. So it wasn't like Marty ceased to exist in the past just because he went back again. Oh, interesting. I see what you're saying. You're like, she should just have double information coming in through her little uh, yeah. Borg retina. That's how they're doing it. They're sending it to Seven of Nine. They're sending a like coded message to her so she gets it in her like ocular whatever. But like wh- – so if she's, if they sent two, she should just have competing information coming through her eyepieces. So he sent it about 30 seconds later and was like, no, never mind. Do this instead. <laughs> I, li- yeah, I like the idea, though. If they, if, if they did follow what we're, what we're saying they should follow, which is give yourself enough time. So let's say that, that uh, Ensign Kim in this particular situation gave himself two days to just keep sending messages that you know, seven of nine's whatever ocular inbox has two hundred seventy-five thousand. You know, like no, no, try this one, not this. <laughs> try this one. This one's the good one. I swear. You know, but that's a good point too. Speaking of that, like they, so they, uh, they wanted to find out her point of death and like kind of work backwards from there. But you're right. Like, why not give it to her one month, six months in advance before they even started working on this and say, hey, this is Kim from the future. This is a bad idea. <laughs> I, I think part can, can part of this all just be chalked up to that Harry Kim kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> he's just bad at planning. I think he's just he just kind of sucks. Poor Harry Kim. He's he's always so shit upon in that show. I know, but like honestly, he's just like I, I wouldn't be surprised if like most of the time he just stands in front of a door and he doesn't realize how to open it. And you're like, oh Harry, poor guy. <laughs> take one step forward, man. Yeah, always an ensign. I guess you're right, though. I, I mean, it is really, I think, where, you know, no matter how fun and exciting these episodes are, I think time travel in these science fiction shows we watch always ends up bumping into, like, a general idea of it's just, like, you don't have enough time to really, like, make it, like, super hard science fiction. So it's, it's more like it's a fun ticking clock that does not stand up to uh, much, if any, uh, scrutiny. <laughs> but if the episode is really fun and it's really entertaining... I think as a viewer, you shouldn't have to think about it too much. No, I mean, like, look, these are sci-fi podcasts we're talking about here. So people that are listening do want to delve into and get into the nitty gritty of things. But if a show is entertaining enough and, you do, you know, you don't really realize or think about the uh, the mechanics at work, it's like that's probably a successful episode. I think if you start focusing on all the elements, it, maybe maybe something's not working very well. I'm not to say that you can't, you know, think through and have things make sense and there will always be some sort of plot hole. But if everyone was watching and going, geez, this doesn't make sense at all. It's like, well, there's probably bigger story issues at play. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm of the opinion that you can, if you're a good writer, you can you can sell anything. And so as long as you, as you approach it in a creative way, then there shouldn't be uh, these plot holes that we're talking about. They, like they, or at least they should not become hyper-present in one's mind when they're watching it. There should be this you're, – you're being led along by the whole team of the people making, you know, making the, the episode. For example, I thought that Timeless, uh, which was directed by LeVar Burton who plays Geordi in The Next Generation, who makes a quasi-cameo, I guess, in this, in this episode, I, I think it was very well-directed but very poorly written. And I, I th- not poorly written. I, I should give it more credit than that. It was just not written to the point where they handled those things in a creative way or led you a- away from stumbling upon those plot holes. 
the conclusion we're coming to is that time travel inherently does not make sense. You can't make it make sense. Yeah. Right? It doesn't it just you can't. It's impossible. Without without saying, oh well, the a new timeline branches out, and so therefore that's why all these problems don't happen, right? Because that's not any fun because the, where's the stakes? Yeah, it's better it's better as a um just an accoutrement to the idea. Like, you know, just have a cool set of time stairs that go down science mist and then don't worry about it anymore. You've got a fun, you'll have a fun time. Well, and, you know, if you want to randomly kill a couple passersby, that's fine too. <laughs> well, they actually handle in that in, your, in Time Travelers, they briefly touch upon that the future has happened or the, this has already happened. You, you can't, like, I think he wants to go and save his girlfriend, his nurse girlfriend. Um, one of the guys, it's very hard to keep them, tell them apart. I guess one of them is sleeping all the time. That's how you can tell them apart. But regardless, <laughs> but, but the, yeah, one, one of them is real tuckered out. That's how you know them didn't hurt. <laughs> the we'll whole times. Yeah. Yeah. For, for, for a time traveler who seemingly has a lot of time on his hands, literally that he that can't find time for a nap, but that they handle that briefly where they say, this has already happened. You can't save her. And I thought, oh, well, if that seems like this is the culmination of a theme that w- was non-existent for the previous part, the whole part for, right? Like it sounds like you're paying off a theme that you never set up. And it, I guess maybe we can chalk that up to the fact that this is a failed pilot. And so therefore there's a reason. Yeah. Well, they cut out something that didn't that, you know, cause it, it, I think you guys talked about in your previous podcast that uh, it is a failed pilot, and so they kind of maybe perhaps recut it so it would fit into a TV movie where there just aren't these errant characters that show up at the beginning and show up at the end and just, oh, these guys are also here, by the way. I will say, it, uh, that surprise turn at the end where they suddenly cared about the timeline really caught me off guard in Time Travelers. I 100% assumed yeah. either he was going to stay or she was going to come with him. I thought he was going to take her with him. I I did think that he was going to stay. Well, because also at the beginning, he was like, oh my gosh, this place is so great. Like. You know, he just, I, I he wanted to go hunting. He wanted yeah. to go fishing. He wanted yeah. to ride a horse. It also didn't seem great. I don't know what he was talking about. It didn't seem great at all. <laughs> Everyone was literally dying with no medicine. Yeah. yeah, he hadn't cut his finger yet. And so therefore he did not come very close to death. Or Nor did he have to t- like take a shit. Because I'm assuming that is not as much fun in what, the 18, what did he say? The 1850s? No, no. When did it happen? When did the Chicago 18- fire happen? I think it was, I think it was like 1915 or 1913, something like that. To all of our listeners in Chicago, I apologize for not knowing this. <laughs> They've gotten over it at this point. <laughs> the smell of smoke is gone. Too soon. Too soon. I don't think it is. I don't think it's too soon at all. <laughs> it's been over 100 years. Has it been, though? We don't know. I mean, we don't know. That. It could have been. Was it? Oh, sorry. Well, did it happen in the 1970s? When was the Chicago fire? <laughs> I mean... I, these are kind of two examples of some stuff we've talked about. I mean, you know, you guys have watched a fair bit of uh, Star Trek, as we all have, but now you're podcasting right. about it. Like, outside of kind of Timeless, which was an interesting idea of, like, how to save a ship that crashes when you're the only survivor, like how you send a message back in time, like a, a message in a bottle back in time to save it. Are there any, like, ones that have been, like, really good that you've encountered in your podcast or, like, really weird or anything that, like, stand out to you? I think the gold standard is the series finale of The Next Generation, which was called All Good Things. Right. Hang on. Which, but short, short answer, yeah. no, we haven't hit it in our podcast yet. I think this is actually our first time travel episode. Yeah. Oh, so you only have things to look forward to yes. time travel. <laughs> but as far as memory goes, yeah, All Good Things is probably the the, the pinnacle of time travel. 
um, the way the way time travel is handled and the way it all culminates at the end. I think there's there's very little, very few loopholes that that can be discovered. But sorry, Paul, what were you gonna say? Um, and I, I guess it's debatable whether or not it actually is time travel because there is not a singular person who is time traveling to and from different timelines. It's he's sort of embodying a singular consciousness is embodying himself at different points, and so he goes back and he's very young, but he has the experience and the wisdom of, of being from the future. Does that make sense? And so, but it he, kind of fades too. Like as when he travels back, right. you know, he, he's kind of like, Oh, oh yeah, no, I, cause this is where I am. This is, this is the timeline. This is where we are, you know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. The disorientation, um, fades away, but I think he still, he still is able to affect change. Basically the, 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 the elevator pitch is that something is happening. Uh, Picard does something in the future that uh, runs backward in time. So uh, the consequence of this thing that Picard does in the future gets bigger as time goes backwards. And so in the past, it's this giant thing that, that ruins the universe. And so he has to, through in three different timelines, affect change to the point where this thing that Picard does in the future does not happen. And so, so he's, but he's not time traveling. I guess you could say his consciousness is time traveling. And so I suppose there's an argument to be made there. That's not, that's not proper time travel. That's a good trope though. Actually, you do see that the, the one, the idea of like, you can travel, what's it? It's the, um, slaughterhouse five. You become unstuck in time. Yeah. You're just jumping around to different parts in your right. own time. Right. I don't know. Have you guys encountered one that you really like, uh, aside from time travels? I mean, like, under that time, yeah. time travel is probably the most uh, traditional time travel, except for maybe one other show. I mean, Jordan, you, you did a little bit of looking into it. Were there any ones that stood out to you? Well, I, I should note one odd thing, and I don't know if everyone here agrees that it's time travel. I'm sort of on the fence, but it's sort of the, the cryogenic chamber, you know, the suspe- suspended animation or person frozen, person frozen mm. in time. And we've had that quite a bit yeah. where, you know, you get this sort of um, – uh, fish out of temporal water sort of thing um, where someone's <laughs> frozen and they and we've had it like done seriously like in a, a tv movie we saw called genesis 2 and we've seen it done uh for comic effect in another show called america 2100 where it's the same idea someone's frozen and they wake up in time so they've time traveled at least to their effect but you know obviously time has gone on without them i don't know if you guys think that is time travel but it's sort of a trope Right. Well, yeah, and we actually did cover that uh, that level of time travel. Um, we we did cover in an episode just a couple weeks back, um, where Picard, who is an archaeologist and loves historic things, um, completely doesn't have time for these people who they found in a cry, cryogen chamber. Oh, yes, I, I listened to that episode of yours where they they find them in the satellite. They're from the 20th century, right? They're like one's a housewife right. and one's a gambler, yeah, and one's an old timey country singer yeah and he has no time for these people these, <laughs> like if, imagine imagine if we found like if we found some sort of chamber with people from the 1400s and we could talk to them and it would be it would be the biggest deal on the, like there would not be people who were more famous than these people and scientists right? were like we don't have time for that yeah this is so annoying we have to deal with this <laughs> like not only with that Picard answer, has duty rosters to approve yeah, he's do you very understand? busy like covid is spreading we have to we have to solve that <laughs> We can't talk to you right now. But I think okay. So right, let's let's right now let's come up with some criteria to to judge whether or not a concept is time travel. So just based on what you said, Jordan, is is it time travel if you cannot go both ways? 
So if so, with the cryogenic, so you're you're essentially hitting the pause button physiologically, so you can travel it's, forward. Yeah, it's time. forward only. There's, there's no right. question about that. So does that does that count? Well, there's there's a time dilation field where that's like time either goes uh, faster or slower within a certain area. You know, is mm-hmm. that a time machine or in a classical sense? I mean, time's adjusted. Right. That's a good point. I mean, I, I guess. The problem is that we're tra- we're traveling in time forward right now. Right, right? we've, we've so traveled forty that, minutes in the future since we started talking. It's amazing. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. I feel like thirty years older. <laughs> <laughs> so I I I don't know. Like maybe does does traveling only forward count? It's a good question. I mean, that is the premise of Planet of the Apes as well. And Demolition Man. Let's of, not forget Demolition Man. We never forget Demolition Man. Yeah. Exactly. I really think that time travel has to be considered time travel if it's in the opposite direction and or they can get back. Um, I think just traveling into the future being a fish out of water, it's more a fish out of water story rather than them impacting time. So let me mention then. So you have something like, you know, like a vehicle machine like Back to the Future because we keep mentioning Back to the Future because it's the perfect example apparently for all time travel that works because (laughs) the car can go back and forth in time but let's say you know you get a big device like terminator where they open a portal or something so he can go back into time but he can't go back to the future anymore is that still time travel because he's gone into a different time but he's stuck there you know through through another means unless i guess arnold goes and he's not naked and he brings a time machine with him through the portal then can get back well they would just have to they would have to wrap the time machine in flesh i guess that's how they would have to be able to make it time travel i mean they could have stuck one in there that's the rule that they set up which they completely changed in (laughs) t2 but um but yeah i no, that's why i think if you're if you can time travel in a way that is impacting change because if you if you're traveling from the past to the future there's nothing you can change other than providing them suggestions on how things used to be which you know to speak to paul's point like if somebody from 1400 was like you're doing this all wrong i don't think anybody would listen to them um but uh, so yeah like traveling traveling in the opposite direction of how time normally travels would count as time travel and being able to get back um like it, it and, so back and well, forth back and is forth important. is important, but to speak to Jordan's point, like I think the fact that you are traveling back in time, like you know, we could theoretically put somebody in a cryogen chamber and they would, like, ta-da, we did time travel. Like they they wouldn't know until they were there. But to actually send someone back in time does require us to fundamentally change the rules of the universe. All right, what about this then? I'm gonna I'm gonna float one to you. Show called Nightmare Cafe. It's episode four. Oh, it's yeah. not very good, guys. Don't watch it. <laughs> they are doing an episode where a detective comes in. There's a crime he was never able to solve. But the cafe can allow him to travel back in time to observe what happened and then come back to regular time to affect change. He can't stop the crime, but he can, he can discover the truth and then result in a uh, punishment in the in current time. So he is technically when he goes back in time, everything's black and white, and he can walk around the scenes. But yeah, no it's one black can and see white, him. so you know it's the past. So, we don't want the viewers to get right. confused. Of course, right? <laughs> but you come back to the future, the present, it's color, and you can affect change now that you know the truth. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I, I would you're more of an observer. Yeah, but I would, than... I would still say the fact that he is able to see what is physically happening. He's not reading articles. He's not getting it secondhand. Like the fact that he is able to 
look directly into the past would count as as some level of time travel. I you know I wouldn't I like sending a message back in time. I feel like is very weakly time travel. Um, but being able to see what's happening, I think definitely has, especially if he wasn't there. I think that that has a much bigger impact. Yes, he's yeah. able to see things that he was not privy yeah. to at the time. Uh, also, Paul's the- skeptical. <laughs> There's like well, a weak I, nod I, of like, okay, I'll let him finish that, but I'm not going <laughs> to. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think, is that is it just merely trivial to be able to witness something but not affect it? I suppose in the in the case of you're trying to prove whether or not somebody murdered somebody or something like that, but – it's true. I don't know what the stakes would be other than, I, I suppose, sending someone to their death. And the, that, that, that. <laughs> well, but, but I don't know. I mean, how would you yeah. say that? Like you can't unless you took everybody back to the cafe with you and you were like, look, this is a thing that this cafe can do. Like, how do you tell them, you know, yeah, this guy did it because I saw it. Oh, you, you exact your own justice. Oh, gotcha. We got to go vigilante here. <laughs> Unrelated, let me just make the point. The case he couldn't solve, uh, the reason he couldn't solve the case was he didn't walk over and take a look at the body. That's what he did in his time travel, by the way. He just went over and looked at the body. He's <laughs> like, was oh, wait a minute. It's a mannequin. To be fair, that is like a, a, a really difficult thing to know of what your job is to make sure that you actually go investigate the body. Like, who remembers to do that at a crime scene? Come on. Well, he was already walking around. He's like, do they even dust in here? And he got all distracted. <laughs> right? There's just too much to remember. Yeah. You want another one? You want another uh, brain a brain teaser for what is this time travel? I don't know if you can top how exciting that last one was. But try. <laughs> Everyone wants to watch that episode now. Yeah. I'm telling you now, guys, it's a mannequin. <laughs> Spoiler. Ugh. Or is it? You find yourself... In a perfect simulation of Earth and all history, it is called Harsh Realm. You accidentally stumble through a glitch in the system that brings you back to a world to World War II, a perfect facsimile of World War II that has affected the timeline of this simulation you're in, and you'll have to time travel back after solving a mystery. Are you time traveling? <laughs> so wait a minute. Let me wrap my my brain around this. So he's in a simulation. This person is in is in a simulation. Correct. And they travel backward in time, still in the simulation, to... It's a perfect simulation of our world. All history, all future, okay. it's a perfect simulation. Okay. And does he know he's in a simulation? Or is is he using the simulation for some other reason? He is aware, but it is populated by perfect facsimiles of everyone who exists. So it's not history. Matrix style where they're all actual people. They're all programming as well. They are all programming as well. He He happens to be... In his, he he is a person who has been put into the simulation, playing himself. But the re, like his his wife's in the simulation. Everybody's in the simulation. But it's not really his wife. Okay, not really his wife. His wife is wandering around trying to find him in the real world. Don't worry about that. Harsh Realm has a lot going on. So I guess I, I I'm going to say no because he knows it's a simulation. But if he didn't know, then that he would have no awareness that he was in a simulation, and so therefore would could time travel. Back in, you know. What if he had a sidekick who didn't know they were in <laughs> Is the sidekick a monkey or something like that? Or no? Uh, no, he's a guy who, uh, who in the real world lost his legs, and now he's very happily living with the legs. In the so season. sidekick is is more just to make fun of him. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you walking. Why? What do you mean? Nothing. Let's go on. <laughs> so we're gonna we're we're gonna weigh down on uh, no to that one. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like you're still having like. Well, I guess so to what What a weird concept. Right. So to what what end is he traveling back in time to see like how these changes impact? Like is is he able to then 
get out and use that information to know how to time travel? Or is he using that information to be like, hey, here's what life would have been like if we did this? Pure, purely accidental. He just fell back into World War II, has to find his way back to the regular time. Oh. No, that's just a secret level in a video game. What's this What's this called? <laughs> Harsh Realm. It, it's a show Harsh that Realm. when um, uh, Chris Carter pitched it after the X-Files, the network should have said, uh, please leave this room and never come back. <laughs> How did you get in here? Yeah. And he was like, X-Files? They're like, yeah, yeah, we all like the X-Files. Come on, guys, I got other ideas. No, no, you don't. <laughs> well, he he did have other ideas. They just yes, that's true. Were terrible. Yeah, he has the Roddenberry problem of he's like, I got lots of ideas. Like, are they Star Trek? <laughs> they are absolutely not. <laughs> How do you feel about bondage? He's got a bondage fetish. You can, if you watch his other shows, you'll see it. If you watch Star Trek, you can see it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so to kind of tie up this sort of like I, this sort of conversation about time travel and like you know in general, and then how it relates to kind of the shows we watch on our podcasts. Are there any shows that you like vaguely remember from your childhood or have read about, or like what are some time travel kind of shows that are in the back of your head that might be a good fit for us? Like, is there is there anything you can think of that we should be like having on a list that maybe we don't? Mm. In, in, since we're talking time travel, mm. well, sliders. You got to at least pick a couple episodes of sliders because it is uh, it is for, and pick one where uh sala from indiana jones is still in it because he leaves at a certain point he just can't take it anymore and he kills himself in the show (laughs) jeez he killed himself on camera (sighs) it's like a terrible death they so just anecdotally so there's a there's a point in that show where there there is one female character who sort of goes along for the adventure and she was fine right She, she wasn't a bad actress at least not any worse than the rest of the of the crew and there's a certain point where they bring on another female actress who is obviously meant to be there for sex, sex appeal, obviously. And so what happens is I think what happened is the original female cast member said, look, this is ridiculous. Why, why are you turning the show into Baywatch? And so they started to hate – she started to hate the writers. The writers started to hate her. And so – uh, eventually, she left the show, and they didn't just give her sort of a nice elegiacal uh, death scene where she she bravely dies for the honor of the group. They send her off to an alien rape camp in the in the ca- in the canon of the show. They send <laughs> her to amazing. an ARC. It's... <laughs> yes, it's terrible, terrible. Sorry. Yes, but but if that gives you an idea of why you should watch the show sorry are you selling us on this episode (laughs) oh yes (laughs) yes but yes you should definitely find i don't remember which season was the quote-unquote best or worst but definitely watch sliders jonathan do you got anything i can't think of anything well yeah it's actually the other jerry o'connell show my secret identity oh i love that when i was a kid right yeah yes i I don't think it had to do with time travel but it had two seasons um and it was you know just super cheesy fun of him trying to to hide his powers it's kind of like um the the secret life of alex mack i think was the name of the show and it's just a a boy version of that it's that's a good suggestion i don't even think we have that on our list that's a good one i we should mm. we should make note of that actually so in terms of science fiction i don't know if you i guess it should be science fiction but did you guys ever watch airwolf uh, you know i know <laughs> of airwolf but i didn't watch it but the pilot is actually quite good and then it never gets any better. It never really matches. You know how a lot of shows, the pilot's just okay, but then by season three or four, it's like a really great show? The exact opposite happens. <laughs> so I, I would highly recommend 
I, I think it's probably worth worthy of of you guys watching. I don't know if it's science fiction though. I mean, uh, I think it's a futuristic helicopter. We've watched <laughs> we've watched things that were based in science fiction around like it's a man who has a robotic arm or he can turn no if he can turn invisible. That was the like most questionable science. Hey, fiction. invisible invisibility watch. <laughs> Does that count? Who knows? But we watched it, so uh, I think Airwolf can get the, get on the list. It might just be if, if you guys run out of stuff to watch, I guess. Well, and there there are so many. I mean, VR five was one. I think that's right. Yeah, we've talked about that one, and that one actually might happen sooner <laughs> rather than later. Um, and kind of at the same time, Nowhere Man. Um, that was a show that I really wanted to to continue, and it just didn't. Oh, interesting. So I'll that, write was, that one down. Do you remember that one? Like he he's at dinner do, with yeah. his wife, and he he leaves to go to the bathroom, and he comes back and. His his wife is gone. His kids are gone. He goes home and his wife is there, but she's married to somebody else and she has no idea who he is. And it's all because of this one picture that he took and the government's trying to hunt him down. I think, honestly, I think one of the things that killed it was they kept showing future scenes at the commercial cut. So they didn't really, they, they kind of forecasted, they, they projected to the audience what was going to mm. happen. And so, you know, you, you could just come, come back before the commercial and know what was going to happen next. <laughs> a little precursor so you don't leave in the commercial. <laughs> I've, I've got I've got one more for you. Give it to me. So I don't know if you guys count animation, but the pilot to Thundercats is delightful. Um it's it's not really like the show at all. The show becomes very formulaic in my opinion, but the pilot is actually uh, it's very comic bookian, that's a word. Um it it kind of is in, like not borderline ridiculous, but it's getting there. But it's so it's it's but to the point of it being really interesting. Do you guys do that? Do you guys do cartoons? Maybe not. We just did our first one. What was it? We watched uh, a cartoon from the late '90s called Invasion America. It was sort of a prime time uh, cartoon miniseries that uh, Spielberg was tangentially involved in, but seemed to walk away from when he saw the end product. <laughs> Coward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stand by it. Stand by this yeah, exactly. odd cartoon that is maybe one episode, but you've stretched it out to nine. To reverse it on you guys now, Jordan, I'm going to put you on the spot. Any any time travel Star Trek shows that you? I think was just going to recommend watch? that they maybe watch a, a small show called Star Trek and <laughs> check a couple episodes out of Star Trek. They're available all over. I'm trying to think of a time travel episode of Star Trek. What was the one? You know, uh, and excuse me, this is going to come out really badly. Uh, there was the episode of the Next Generation where. Uh, all I know is at the end of the episode, it's a Guinan episode, and mm-hmm. and there's a whole thing at the very end. I remember being blown away at the kid where Picard's like, uh, it was great to see you in the past. And he's like, I'll see you in 300 years. And she's like, I'll see you in three minutes. And then they meet up on the, on, on the, uh, <laughs> on the, on the, uh, what is she, 10 forward? And I was like, man, I'm blown away as a whatever, an eight-year-old kid. Now, let me tell you. Is as you ever heard of an episode explained in a worse way than that? <laughs> I think I know which episode. Time zero. I think, you know, I think you're talking. No, I think you're talking about a, a, an episode of The View. I don't think that that was That's what it was. You're right. It was The View. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I always mix yeah. that up. Anything that Whoopi's yeah. in, I mix that. The Academy Awards <laughs> and Star Trek. I mix them all up. <laughs> I'm almost positive. Isn't that the one where who's the the writer? Uh, Kid in King Arthur's Quarter. <laughs> Who's the who's the 20th or yeah 19th 20th century author the big American steamboat author what's his name Mark yeah. Twain that's the one I think that's the Mark Twain yeah, episode you, you that about was me. almost as bad as my description I know I'm great too <laughs> this is why our podcast is so good <laughs> I was gonna say you guys uh, when you get to it 
I actually think there's one really good episode of DS9 that I just watched with time travel called The Visitor, oh, in which yeah. uh, Cisco gets unstuck from time and keeps visiting an ever aging Jake as he like goes through his life. And I was oh yeah, I remember I that hadn't one. watched it. And I totally forgotten about it. And I watched it again. I was just like, this is a good episode of TV. Is it like hard science fiction? No. But I was just like, this is actually a really good episode. And I had forgotten it even existed. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I actually don't remember that. So here's the thing that here's, maybe you can settle this for, for Jonathan and, and, and me. <laughs> that I, So I hate Deep, Deep Space Nine. I hate it. Like I, I'm, so, I'm so bored most of the time. And we have this discussion, you know, part of our our podcast is determining whether or not there's uh, any element of science fiction throughout the course of an episode. And the answer is always no from me and like a hard, <laughs> a hard no. And I'm wondering, do you guys, I mean, are you guys, do you think Deep Space Nine on the whole is, is actually science fiction or is it more just sort of this, this weird placeholder for politics? But, but, but they're on a spaceship. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Yep, you got me. Boom. (laughs) Case closed. (laughs) It is just how hard you uh, hold hold the uh, rigor of science fiction to it, I guess. Uh, It's it's in space on a space station. Is that enough? If not... And there's a hilarious bartender who's trying to steal money from me all the time. With big ears. Yeah, which they never learn about. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, Well, you're never going to get me on board, Paul, because I think DS9 is my favorite one. So. Well, this could be like its own podcast by itself. Is you trying to convince me that it's awesome, and and me not listening? <laughs> you not yeah, convinced? Me not caring. <laughs> me being unmovable, one hundred percent. So he's going to talk for about forty five <laughs> minutes, and then at the end, you're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess on on that note, uh, our spinoff podcast it won't be happening. <laughs> so before before we head out, I I do want to ask you guys one question. Um, it's if you if you've heard a couple of our our episodes, we have three criteria that establish what a Star Trek is, uh, what a Star Trek proper Star Trek episode is. We don't have the third. Do you guys have any suggestions? You don't have a no. third. You have so you have two, right. but not three. Well, we have three, but we 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 can't think of the third one. Right. But we. <laughs> So maybe you could fill in that blank for us. Yeah. Re- recap the first two for us. First one is there is there an element of science fiction uh, inherent to the plot? Is there so are there and not just are they doing techno babble on the side, but is there a, a a Star Trek concept that is being executed? The second one is because of Gene Roddenberry and, and one of the reasons he created the show that he he said um, I think most famously he said that uh, Star Trek is not about uh, it's not about space travel. It's not about science fiction. It's about morality. It's most, most episodes are a tale of morality. And so we said, Oh, well that's maybe that should be part of our criteria. And so the second criteria is, is there an element of morality sort of woven through the episode? It doesn't have to be the, the, the main plot line, but is there a, is there a character who's struggling with something internally, whether it's morally or ethically? Yeah. I mean, I was going to say that you usually have to have some sort of social issue it's grappling with, but I think that covers that base right there. Yeah. I'll be honest. I think the third criteria, which is the thing that makes a great Star Trek episode, is you have to have just like a really solid B plot that's a little bit lighter than your A plot. Just like something fun underweaving it. The best episodes will have like you could have the heaviest thing on top and then you just got Quark running around trying to earn some Latinum underneath. It's funny, well, briefly, that actually was a criteria, but there were so many episodes that, or first of all, the, the first... Uh, the original series. Drag this on. Yeah. The original series, 
really does not have B plots. And yeah. so that we would have essentially disqualified the entire first series, which I was fine with. Uh, but <laughs> This is where you and I agree, Paul. Yeah. Let's disqualify. <laughs> yeah. But we just could not disqualify an entire uh, element of the show so, or of, of the, the canon. So we decided that that could not be a thing. But that's interesting that you came up with – that you came to the same conclusion that we did. I think, I think maybe it's because we grew up in that 90s period where that was kind of how those episodes were structured. Absolutely. It could be a case why we, we see it as a usual thing. Yes. I don't know, Jordan, do you have any better suggestions? Um, I think – is there visible uh, men wearing skirts? <laughs> so about four episodes are yeah proper about four episodes that's the only ones that count for me i rewatch them and over and over that tape's pretty worn out let me tell you <laughs> a lot of positive all right fair enough i think I, well, we'll take it under consideration okay all that's all time. i ask yeah just yeah. just like just like just try the skirt out that's all i ask just try it see if it's comfortable well actually uh there were two episodes of the original series where scotty came out in a skirt well that was cultural right <laughs> <laughs> a kilt's a skirt it counts i think this is a good time to wrap it up uh call call it an evening with you guys it's been such a pleasure talking with you guys about the about our separate podcasts about time travel about science fiction i've had yeah, a likewise. great time I loved yeah it. yeah thank you i'm glad we're doing this every week I- I'm super <laughs> yeah that's right every day every yeah. wednesday six o'clock <laughs> that's what we're recording everyone <laughs> uh but before we go how can people who don't listen to your podcast find your podcast? So you can find us at The Measure of an Episode. No. Yeah. That's the name of it. <laughs> TheMeasureofanEpisode.Squarespace.com. Uh, yeah. Twitter at Measure Episode. And Facebook, The Measure of an Episode Podcast. But more importantly, just wherever you find your podcasts. We're on every single platform, of which there are 97 now. What about you guys? Please tell us how we can find you. Well, if you're if you're a measure of an episode listener and you want to hear Jordan and I attempt to describe a thing that we can't <laughs> quite remember and uh, just go on and on, uh, you can find us where we're at uh, continuumdrag.podbean.com or of course just get it wherever you download podcasts. That's where it is. Um, but yeah. This is yeah, great, you guys. Thank, thank you, you so much for uh, reaching out and setting this up. Uh, it was such a blast. And uh, listeners, we'll see you. Uh, on our respective podcasts and hopefully on each other's.